Tutti cool. Fruity. <laughs> Tutti Fruity? I don't know. <laughs> it's just what came into your mind. Yeah. It's Tutti yeah. Fruity. Yeah. I have some questions about yeah. what goes on in your well, mind now. That makes a lot of sense. You should. Welcome to House Things, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to House Things, the podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library, recorded right here in Wellsville, New York. I'm Allie Stevick. I'm Nick Gunning. Allie, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm so hungry. I'm just going to tell you right off the bat because I feel like it's going to affect my performance today. I just... You it, start acting a little hangry. Yes. It was just one of those days where I was like, yeah, I'll eat in a minute. I'll eat in a minute. I'll eat in a minute. And I just never did. Does that ever happen to you? Um, No, because... Oh. Okay. I well, not usually, not usually. Okay. Okay. Occasionally, it'll happen. Yeah. But usually, what happens is it'll be like ten thirty a.m., and Amanda and I will be down in our offices, and okay. we'll be like, "We're both ready for lunch right now." With David A. Meow. With David A. Meow. Don't forget. With okay. David A. Meow. Okay. Who I sometimes allow to sit on my lap while I eat lunch. Oh. Depending what I'm eating. He behaves. Sometimes he behaves. If it's like a salami sandwich, he might be like, "This is the best thing ever. Yeah. I must eat it." But if it's like pasta or something he's just like you know i'll just sit here on your lap and like yeah he's he doesn't want to carbo load that's, yeah i guess not so heavy i guess not sits but so, so usually it's like 12 p.m is like the longest i can hold out before okay. i eat, eat lunch so yeah i'm definitely hungry i just keep letting things get in my way mm. is all so anyway uh we're not going to be talking about our eating habits so that would be a fun topic that would Sometime, be a fun topic just talk about the weird are you a late night eater i'm in every time of day all the eater. time I have time. a pretty high metabolism, so I'm just like hungry huh. all a lot. Oh, okay. It's like I'll, I'll be full, and in 20 minutes, I'll be like, I'm hungry again now. Gosh, this is an informative episode. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Alice Oseman, which I feel like we've been meaning to talk about for months mm. at this point. It does kind of seem that way. And much like my lunch, things keep getting things in the way. Things keep getting in the we way. Keep going. Like my interview with Mike Vosberg. What, what am but I, I gonna, mean, that's a good thing. Am I going to not way. interview Mike Vosberg? No, Absolutely. I have to. I have to. All right. Uh, so we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Right now, let's open up our books and see where our bookmarks are at. <laughs> Allie, what have you been reading since last we chatted? Okay, so I think I mentioned before that I was reading Bleak House by Charles Dickens. Yes. Book group. Long, which I finished. Long, oh, you did. I did. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's it took a, that's most an of achievement. the summer, but we, we finished. Yeah. Um, now, was this a great illustrated classic? No, no. Or just this is the, this full is thing? the real deal. Unabridged. Okay. Yes, unabridged. So, and I actually, I was having a hard time keeping up. So I found an audiobook on LibriVox, which is like a yeah. public domain. Yeah, mm-hmm. I use that. And sometimes the recordings are like not the best quality, yeah. not to not to throw shade here. Yeah. But the one I found for that was actually really good quality. Mm-hmm. The sound quality was good. The reader did like lots of fun voices that That's were cool. really distinct. So I thought that was a lot of fun and it helped me. I was uh, like, you know, doing dishes and cleaning yeah. my room. And I was like, I can keep up. That's me and David Copperfield. I mean, I am still listening and I'm listening to a LibriVox mm-hmm. audiobook, and, and I have the book, you know, but same thing. It's a real, the reader's really solid. You know, the, the recording's good. Um, I think we've talked about this before, but the one I did on LibriVox that was most fun was Island of Dr. Moreau. And it was a different reader like for every mm-hmm. chapter and oh, that that's such an off-putting book anyway that right. that just added an element to it so i don't know if that was intentional or not but mm. the finished product i thought works really well that's really cool yeah okay so bleak house, bleak house done done i'm still continuing my 
My Louis- year-long Louise Penny. binge read through Louise Penny. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm doing that. Um, let's see. What else have I recently been reading? Some Alice Oseman stuff, but we'll talk about that later. We will. Yeah. Save it. Um, save it, sister. The... <laughs> <laughs> The um, Jason Aaron's The Mighty Thor Run. Yeah, I'm reading that. that book club. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, we did uh, the library. We're doing the uh, monthly Discord book club. So it's just online only, digital only. So no matter where you are, you can book club with us. So far we've done uh, Batman, mm-hmm. but we did Batman Year One. We did Ms. Marvel. We did Doctor Strange, and uh, just recently we did Thor. We did Thor, yes. And I think it's been really fun so far. Yeah. I like the excuse to be like, oh, yeah, I have to read this comic have book to. for work. Have to. I have to go see the new Thor movie yeah. for work. For work, yeah. Exactly. Write that off. So, hey, you know what? What did you think of the new Thor movie? Because we haven't really talked about this in that's detail. That's true, we haven't. I liked the new Thor movie. I loved it, and I, I didn't have high expectations. So I was really pleasantly surprised, you know, but I was 100% in. What, so what did you like about it? Um, I thought the storyline worked pretty well. I liked that it wasn't, I feel like some of the movies Marvel has put out lately have been like behemoth kind of movies. Mm-hmm. And I liked that it was just like, here we go. We get in, we tell the story. Yeah. We get out. Um, I loved having Natalie Portman as the Mighty Thor. She was good. She yeah. was good. Yep. I thought that was really fun. Yep. So. The goats, obviously. The goats were I know fantastic. You love goats. Yeah. Yes. I like I, a goat does it for me. I bought that soundtrack digitally like the next day. I just loved the music in that movie. So I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was a ton of fun. I thought the humor landed just right. Mm. Uh, it was one of my favorite Marvel movies of, of the recent crop, I yeah. feel like. Because uh, as you know, Doctor Strange was oh, a man. thumbs yeah, down. That was, that was definitely a thumbs so down. So we hated it so much we did a whole episode <laughs> on that. Just that. No one asked us to. No one asked us to. But... We felt it was we felt it was required. It was like the meme where it's like everyone in silence, everyone yeah. in silence. Me, we're gonna do a whole episode about how much we didn't like That's the true. Doctor Strange episode. That's true. Yep. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what else? Anything else you got on the on the watch reading? Anything like that? Um, I started the second season of Only Murders in the Building. Oh, okay. On Hulu. Yeah, yeah. It's been delivering so far. Okay. I would say. Okay. Holding up to the first season. I gotta get back to it. I don't know. I just it wasn't it wasn't clicking for me, but I need to. I need it's to watch shame. it. It's I need to watch it. Okay. So what else? Um, I've been reading a little bit of the Savage She-Hulk. Yes. Which has been fun. Yeah. Especially because I feel like it's a it's an older style than a lot of the comics that I've read. So yeah. it's kind of fun to like get some some different I yeah. guess style. Yeah. Going on in my comic. Book. I know it is. So I I read like the John Byrne stuff from the eighties when I was a kid, and then I you know I kind of revisited it recently. We have it in the collection. You can check it out. So that was a She-Hulk I was more familiar with. So when I went back to that, you're reading Essential She-Hulk, right? That the big I believe thick so. Collection. Yes, it's the big yeah. thick collection. When I went back to that, I was kind of surprised at just how different it was. And I was talking a little bit about this with Mike Vosberg uh, in the last episode, but it's funny how much it focuses on the, the lawyery aspect of it versus like the She-Hulk-ness. It's kind of a 50-50 split. And you're right, it is an older kind mm-hmm. of storytelling, but I still, still think it works pretty mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. Our next digital book club is going to be on She-Hulk. So we'll talk a little bit about everything. We'll talk a little bit about the show. We'll talk about the Savage She-Hulk. We'll talk about the Burn Run. And really, any any, any She-Hulk, She-Hulk people want to talk about, fair game. bring it. Uh, did you watch the first episode? Of I Savage have not. She-Hulk? I haven't gotten to it. I watched it. I watched it uh, on the day it dropped. And... Uh, it was pretty cool because Mike Vosberg got a shout out at the end in the oh, special thanks. Yeah, so I was like, "Hey, <laughs> we know nice. him. We were just <laughs> talking to him." Uh, so yeah, the show is fun. Not what I was expecting. So I had a bit of a like, I had to make some mental adjustments. My wife was like 
all in, two thumbs up for her. And I feel like I'll get there because I like everybody involved and I think I like the tone they're going for. I was just expecting something different. So uh-huh. the baby you know, switch. Or yeah. Yeah. We recently started a show called Moonhaven on uh, it's an AMC show and it's it's cool. It's a sci fi show and the basic premise is, you know, the earth is falling apart. Can you relate to that? A little bit. Okay. A little bit. Uh, so the earth is falling <laughs> apart. And so they set up a colony on the moon and the objective of the people on the moon with, with a specific AI that's kind of a, a, adapting to human behavior and coming up with suggestions on how to fix it. But the purpose of the moon colony is to be like create an idyllic society where we can kind of regrow the earth and make the earth viable again. So I'm going to say that sounds like the start of like every dystopian novel. Yeah. So is that how this goes? Well, I've only watched the first couple okay, episodes. Okay, okay. So we have yet to find out if it's going to be like the yes. and dystopia. It, yes. And, and it, uh, it, the very first scene is a murder. Oh. So, so you know right away. It's not a spoiler because right. that's, that's the premise. That's how it starts. There's a murder early on just as the moon colony and earth are set to reunite. A series of murders starts, and then it's kind of like, wait a minute. So I like it. It's uh, it's hitting the the right marks for me in sci-fi, and also is serving as a pretty satisfying mystery. So I'm I'm pleased. I'm pleased with that so far. Uh, I've been reading some. I've been in a, a Robert B. Parker kick, which is nothing new, but I've read a bunch back to back recently, just because like. It's just such comfort food. I just love his writing. I love those characters. I think we talked about back when I finished the Jesse Stone series, uh, Robert Parker, I think he wrote nine and then passed away and the series was continued under other authors. So I read the first book by a new author. It's written by Michael Brandman. It's called Killing the Blues. It's a Jesse Stone novel. Right away, I started reading it, and it was not a situation where it was like, you wouldn't even know. You know, right. it's obvious that it's a ah. different author. But I, I feel like it's it's more in the narration because Robert Parker's style is very sparse and very clipped, very very witty. It's right to the point. And while I felt like this writing was still good, it was much more explanation, mm, less dialogue okay. heavy. But I think the thing that made it work was that the characters were right. Okay. You know, the, the, the style and the tone of the characters and even the dialogue I felt was pretty good, but it's just clearly a different writing style. All that to say, I miss Robert Parker, but I think I could make that transition okay. And then I read a classic Spencer novel called A Savage Place. Um, didn't really click for me all that well. I just wasn't particularly interested in the mystery this time. Mm-hmm. But the end was very atypical. The character is usually very much cool and calm and in control. And throughout this book, things just continue to go sideways. And so while I didn't love the book, I did enjoy seeing Spencer have to sort of struggle and try and keep up. Because right. it's usually, right. usually not where the character is. I'm currently reading a book called Hurricane Girl by Marcy Demansky. It's about a woman who sells everything and buys this beach house in North Carolina. She buys it at an auction, and then it's destroyed by a hurricane, like, instantly. Oh, no. And that so is pretty rough. There, more things happen in there, but I don't think I can say anything without it being spoilery. So that's, uh, that's where I'm at in Hurricane Girl. And then I'm reading a Star Wars book, Shadows of the Sith by Adam Christopher. Have you read any Star Wars anything? Um, I read Bloodline by oh, yeah. Claudia Gray. Claudia Gray, that's I right. I believe that is the one and only Star Wars book that I've read. Mm, I didn't particularly like Bloodline. Did you like it? I thought it was pretty fine. Yeah. Claudia Gray has a lot of um, YA Star Wars. She's got one called Lost Stars. And I actually, I haven't read the novel, but it was adapted into a three-volume manga series. And that was great. She also has one just called Leia, Princess of Alderaan. And there is a YA novel and a manga, and I've read both of those, and that's a lot of fun. So you might like those better. It's possible, yeah. Bloodlines, I recall, was pretty like political heavy, not super exciting. 
Well, but like, I think the reason I read it is that I'd been complaining about how Leia is often a bit underserved yes. in the movies. Yes. And my fiance was like, do I have a book for you <laughs> that's all about Leia? And yeah. I was like, all right, I'll read it. Give it to me. Yeah. So, and like, I thought it delivered pretty well yeah. on that regard. So yeah. I was like, all right, you know, I'll yeah, take it. It's a decent representation of Leia. I just, I just didn't feel it particularly was all that interesting. Mm. You know, it didn't really stick with me. Well, and I've heard good things about the Leia book. My brother read it and I think he liked it other than he said there was a little just more romance than he thought was necessary for the story. Yeah, I mean it does sort of shoehorn in some some classic YA romance, but I don't know. I mean, I guess I was expecting that. So That's fair. And I feel like at this point my brother probably should expect this. And he maybe does, but that it, that doesn't mean he's not disappointed. Yeah. yeah. Which I can respect. Yeah. I think actually the the manga for that one is maybe even a better representation of the of the story. Okay. So it's cool. I know we have it here too, so you can stop in and check it out. Uh, anything else for the good of bookmark? Not that I can think of. Okay. All right. Then let's move on to some book news. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. Let's take a look at the New York Times hardcover fiction. All right. So these are the top 10 books from August 28th, 2022. Number 10. We have Shattered. This has been on the list for four weeks. It's by James Patterson and James O'Born. This is part of the Michael Bennett series. This is... A, a cheesy series. It's a corny series. <laughs> I've, I've read at least one, maybe two. It's very like sound of music-y. I don't know. The guy is like an FBI agent and he has like 10 kids and like a, oh. a, a governess or a nanny comes to like help take care of the kids. And of course they fall in love. So it just feels like... See, I was looking at the description and I saw the word FBI. Yeah. So then when you said it's sound of music-y, I was like, what? Yeah. But then the more you describe it, that yeah. does sound kind of sound like of music It's like, what if the sound of music instead of a musical was a was a like police procedural? I mean, <laughs> these are truly the questions that keep us yeah. up at night. Were you ever in the sound of music? I don't think so. But everybody does the sound of music all the time. We were just talking about this. I know. I played I Captain I just... Von Trapp when I was 17. Oh, yeah? Do you want me to play Edelweiss on the ukulele? Yes, yes, I do. Hold on a minute. Uh, anyway, sh- shattered. <laughs> the 14th book in the Michael Bennett series. Wow, 14. When an FBI abduction specialist disappears. Oh, he's an abduction specialist and he disappears. That is kind of wow. what we would call dramatic irony. Wow. Bennett know? goes outside his jurisdiction. They're always doing that. They're always going rogue. <laughs> Number nine, six weeks on the list. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Right, right there. I'm in on that title. I mean, I have to say it like it does what it's it does. It's a good time. It's yeah. a good time. It does what it does what it does. <laughs> you know, Gabrielle Zevins, the author here, two friends find their partnership challenged in the world of a video game design. Huh. Wow. I don't know okay. what I was expecting, but somehow it wasn't quite that. Do you think you and I should design video games? Of course. <laughs> okay. All right. The real question is, why haven't we already? I know. Well, I think we've just been so busy. That's true. Summer reading program You haven't and even everything. lunch, so, you know, That's priorities. True. Yeah, and my office is a mess. Forget about it. Uh, number eight, two weeks on the list. Wrong Place, Wrong Time by Jillian McAllister. A mother who witnesses her son murder a stranger finds her days are going in reverse and seeks to use that to alter events. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. Days are going in reverse kind of got me. It is an intriguing premise. Yeah. Huh. Okay. All right. Oh, and it looks like it's a Reese Witherspoon pick. So, you know. I mean, in that case. There you go. <laughs> I trust my literature coming directly from Reese Witherspoon. That's the only way. 
Uh, number seven, 11 weeks on... I almost said chapter seven. What a fool. <laughs> what a fool I was. 11 weeks on the list. Sparring Partners by John Grisham. Three novellas, Homecoming, Strawberry Moon, and Sparring Partners. Okay. All right, whatever. He's got a new book coming out. Uh, the Kid from Biloxi, I think it's called, coming out um, in the near future. Number six, five weeks on the list. The It Girl by Ruth Ware. Have you read Ruth Ware? I don't think I have. The Woman in Cabin 10. Is that a ring any bells for you? I mean, the title sounds vaguely familiar. Oh, it was, uh, it, right, it, it was in the, uh, it was in like the eye of the storm that I feel like Gone Girl kind of brought out, okay. you know, when you mm-hmm. had like Girl on the Train, The Woman in Cabin 10, um, oh, that A.J. Finn one, Woman in the Window. There was a lot of books that were kind of like damaged heroin solves mystery, uh, and that's what, that's what this was. She Makes was sense. also, she was also drunk, which was another big thing going on at okay, that time. Okay. But The Woman in Cabin 10, probably the most popular. I've read several of her books. My wife's the bigger fan. Um, but neither of us have read this. A decade after her first year at Oxford, an expectant mother looks into the mystery of her former best friend's death. I mean, it has Oxford, so like that already... like That, yeah. that gives you bonus points. If Oxford features in your book anywhere, you get some points in my book. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Number five, nine weeks on the list, the Hotel Nantucket. The new general manager of a hotel far from its Gilded Age heyday deals with the complicated past of her guests and staff. Hmm. Okay. I mean, whatever. That sounds more like a TV show. It's like, you know, like Fantasy Island or something where it's like, oh, it's a new group of people. Let's solve their problems. <laughs> I don't know. Mm. Have you read Ellen Hildebrand? I have not. I've only read her. Her? I want to say her. I think it's, yeah. I've only read her Christmas books. Number four, four weeks on the list, Portrait of an Unknown Woman by Daniel Silva. The 22nd book, wow, in the Gabriel Allen series. Allen becomes an art forger to uncover a multi-billion dollar fraud. Hmm. Now, do you think he actually becomes an art forger? Or do you think he just pretends takes on the persona of an art forger? I don't know. Because if he learns to be an art forger just for one job. I have to say props. Hats off to Gabriel Allen. Wow. If he's, but if he's that talented, maybe just be an art forger. You know what I mean? It's just, I mean, there's something to that. I guess. Uh, Number three, uh, new this week. Ooh, the family remains by Lisa Jewell. Mysteries involving a decade old cold case, a murder in France and a woman's return to London are connected. Okay. They're connected in some way. You probably heard those things and thought these are separate, but in fact, <laughs> you know, sometimes these like one line little hook sentences, I'm like, oh yeah, this tells us so much. And other times, I'm like, what even yeah. just happened in those like I, twenty or I, so? I, words? I don't know. And the cover gives you nothing. It's not really helpful. So no. I don't know. Uh, five weeks on the list here at no, the number two book is the six twenty. Sorry, I said that like Yoda, but it's number two. Five weeks on the list. The 620 Man by David Baldacci. When his girlfriend turns up dead in his office building, an entry-level investment analyst... Analyst. <laughs> an entry-level investment analyst delves into the halls of economic power. Standalone? Maybe it's a standalone. I feel like Baldacci has been like all in on like King and Maxwell or the Memory Man. But this seems like a standalone. Here's a weird one. Number one, new this week. Heat 2. By Michael Mann and Meg Gardner, new adversaries confront returning characters in situations set before and after the events of the film Heat. I have some questions. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> have you was have you seen Heat? No. I mean, I know what it is. I, I haven't not seen it. I want, is that based on a book? No, because it says after the events of the film. Or Heat. is there like a novelization? Well, there's of probably the book? yeah. 
Weird. What's so it's a book here? sequel to a movie. But it's set before. Before and, before and after. Two. Before, before and, and after. after. Yeah. It's Heat 2. This is blowing my mind. But I feel like it should be Heat 0 and Heat 2. Should we commit like to watching the movie Heat and then reading Heat 2? We'll think about you it. You seem we'll reluctant. Uh, you got a lot on your plate in the next couple of months, so... I, I don't blame you if you don't want to dive in. Uh, shall we get to Alice Oseman? Are I think ready? we're ready. Let's do it. Author Spotlight. I have some facts to hit you with. Are you ready? I am so ready for facts. Okay, here we go. Uh... <laughs> Alice Oseman got her first publishing deal when she was 17 and at her time of recording has published four novels, two novellas, four graphic novel collections with a fifth on the way. She's a winner of several awards, including the Inky Awards, uh, United by Pop Awards, a Goodreads Choice Award and a Bookseller Award. I was introduced to this author. I, I mean, I heard Heartstopper when it was like becoming popular. Mm-hmm. You know, that one kind of like I knew what it was, but I hadn't read it. But I don't think I ever really like thought about it until we were talking about Loveless when it was on the YA bestseller list. Yes. Uh, and and Loveless was the first and only at this point novel of hers that I've read. But I'm all the way caught up on uh, Heartstopper, the, both the uh, print versions and what's available on Webtoon as well. What about you? So I think at some point I'd seen Loveless like on a Kirkus Reviews or something just as I was flipping through. So I was vaguely aware that that existed. Okay. But then... When I really started to notice it is when, again, the Heartstopper kind of popularity started to rise. And I was, like, seeing things about it online and on, like, TikTok and Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And I was like, well, I'm kind of curious to see what all the hype is about. Mm -hmm. And so when our copies arrived to be added into the collection, I was like, rather than, like, actually putting this on the shelf for other people (laughs) to read, I'm going to immediately take it and read it myself. Which I would feel guilty about, it's except an abuse for the of fact power. that it's, it's class, absolutely it's a classic an abuse, abuse of power. power. Yeah. But I read it in like two hours and then just put it back. Okay. So I don't feel that bad about it. I guess I thought that you would have bumped into this on Webtoon. But no, you didn't? I didn't, actually. I'm a little surprised that I didn't. So are you like not hip? Maybe. I can't I can't keep track. I don't know. Okay, so you didn't read this on Webtoon. I did not right. read okay. this on Webtoon. Okay. I read this in print. Okay. So I pretty much binge read the whole series in one weekend. Mm-hmm. Then I very shortly thereafter watched the first season of the Netflix right, show. Right, there's a Netflix show. Yes. How, how is the adaptation? I think it's a pretty good adaptation. Yeah. And I'm under the impression that Alice is fairly involved in the adaptation, which yeah. I think is probably a big part of yeah. why it's so good. So I did read it on Webtoon. And as the show was like in development and stuff, there was little like sort of mid panels and explanations about it. And she kind of stepped back from the comic a little bit to focus on that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, I think you're right. I think she's a, an integral part of that rather than just they're adapting the books, yeah. you know, without her. So that's cool. I mean, that that usually means that, you know, they're more true to what, what you'd expect. Yeah, from the page. For sure. And so I'd say if you read Hardstopper, you liked the graphic novels. I would totally recommend the show. Yeah. Like. Okay. I think you'll probably like that as well. <laughs> casting all seem I right to you? I thought the casting was okay. pretty good, yeah. Sometimes that kills it. Like if you've got a different thing in your mind and then you watch it. There was like one or two castings that I was like, huh. But then I watched it and I was like, okay, yeah. this works. This yeah. works. Not relevant to our topic, but they cast Captain Kirk in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. The worst casting I've ever seen in my life. Can't get over it. Still not over it. Won't get over it. And that's our hot take for the day. <laughs> Nick weighs in on Star Trek casting. That's the clickbait uh, title that that we're going to put out there. Um, 
when I first started reading this, it reminded me of another uh, webtoon that I'd read that we talked about in, in our webtoon episode, and that was Check, Please. And it only very basically, the, the premises sort of are similar where... There's that one's hockey based instead of what are they playing here? Rugby. Rugby. Uh, but it was kind of like there's the cool athletic guy and like the the nerdy guy who's not really athletic and they they're on the team together and that's sort of how their relationship developed. Check please sets up in a similar way. So I was kind okay. of like, hey, I guess I'm <laughs> reading a lot of like sports themed romances for for whatever reason. If the shoe fits. But I don't know that I would have uh, responded as strongly to the comic had I read it in print versus the webtoon. I don't know what it is, but it's just written in such a way that it's just like, yeah, I can do another one. Exactly. Let's do one Mm -hmm. more. Well, look how close we are to the end. Let's keep going, you know. And that is kind of how I read it. I did do it in a couple different settings, you know, and I kind of like tracked it on Goodreads using the uh, using what's collected in the in the Mm -hmm. hardcovers to to guide it. But yeah, I don't think. I don't, I don't know. Of, of all the webtoons that I read for our episode and have continued to read since, I don't know that I was as hooked on one as I was on Heartstopper. It is pretty addicting. It is. I don't understand yeah. exactly how, but, but it's incredibly addicting. It's funny, too, because I, again, I think it's because of format. I, I, I think I would have had a totally different experience reading it in print. But it, when, you, when you really break it down and you look at like what happens in the series... It has glacial pacing. I mean, it has like 1970s soap opera pacing where it's like, it feels like one scene lasts for several weeks because it's really just kind of like this slow slide in their relationship as it like progresses and grows more and more. But until you get like to the ending sections, there's really not a whole lot of like, this is a big ongoing plot. Right. You know, but it just works. Yeah. Like, I don't say that as a dig. I say that as like, I'm impressed that mm-hmm. like the strength of the characters managed to hold my interest just kind of watching these two sort of fritter away their days yeah yeah you know? <laughs> <laughs> well and i think that some of the appeal too is yeah. that like it's not that there aren't hard and bad things that happen in the story oh, because for sure, there for, for sure, sure yes, are yes but overall it's just really sweet and wholesome yeah. and kind of uplifting yeah and it has a lot of just like them spending time with their friends yeah. and with the one character's dog who's really cute and it's mm-hmm. like it just gives you warm, happy feelings, and yeah. who doesn't want that? Well, it's funny because, I mean, typically I, I get a little impatient when I'm like, okay, well, let's, come on, let's have some plot movement here. <laughs> and in this one, it was like the opposite, because you're right, there's there's some definitely some mm-hmm. heavy, uh, heavy topics covered, mental health issues that are covered. Um, and when those came up, I was kind of like, well, can't we just like have fun? Can't we, can't we just be like nice? <laughs> can we go back this. to just like, you know, is he going to tell his dad kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so just funny just hit me in a different way crack me up it is really funny i will say um you've read more of her novels than i have like her print like prose loveless is the only one that i read but i did sort of feel like the strength of the pace in heart stoppers was maybe a weakness in loveless because i felt like the similar thing is kind of true like there aren't a lot of like huge events that move the loveless plot forward it's more about the main character sort of figuring herself out mm-hmm. which is you know there's a ton of value in that and right. i think you know that what it does to to talk about you know the differences in people i feel like it is is really valuable however i did feel like i was ready to move on mm-hmm. you know a time or two in there. What did you think of Loveless? Overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I do think it could have benefited from being a little bit shorter. And I think it's hard with that kind of book where it's like the story is kind of the main character's self-discovery yeah. and realization and that yeah. kind of thing. Because going into it, I was like on page one, yeah. I know that this character is Aero Ace. Yes. Right. And 
when it's like halfway through the book and she still doesn't know, I'm kind of like, girl, <laughs> get with yes, it. Exactly. But exactly. like, I think some of that is just an effect of the type of book itself that it yeah. is. So, but I thought the characters were pretty fun. I think I found the secondary characters more kind of interesting and enjoyable than the main yeah. character who was a little bit like, she was a very nice person and good friend, but like a little bit bland, I mm-hmm, guess. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the secondary characters were more like they had yeah. things going on and they're colorful and they have, you know, like more like they're yeah. running around doing stuff. And so I think well, I gravitated toward them a little more. I remember in a past episode, you were talking about how part of the reason, like the things you didn't like about the book was because you were having like flashbacks to your like bad or indecisions. <laughs> right. Well, yes. Cause like, it's <laughs> like, it, it starts out at the end of high school and yeah. then it goes to their freshman year yeah. of university. Yeah. And it's so it's the main character and her roommate. It kind of follows yeah. them. And the main character is sort of like shy and kind of receding and like yeah. wants to make new friends in college and also like meet a guy who she's going to fall in love with. Mm-hmm. Except that doesn't happen. Spoilers. Right. Right. Um, and meanwhile, the roommate is like super outgoing and colorful and yeah. gregarious and goes to all these parties yeah. and hangs out with all these people who don't actually know her. <laughs> and I feel like that dynamic is a lot like me and my roommate freshman year of college. Okay. But I was the like outgoing, makes a lot of friends who I don't actually know that well person. And I feel like I didn't make nearly as bad choices, TBH, as either of the characters did. I like to think. I like to think. But it did have some of that tone. And because they did make so many choices that I was like, why would you ever do this? Yeah, that's the thing. It was like just a little bit like stressful to read of just like yeah. ah stop it stop it well yes and i but my point in, in getting that there there was i feel like um while she does do some frustrating things mm-hmm. they all seem very genuine and believable mm-hmm. for like you know early college like that's just true. the place you're at in college that's true not, it's not a great know. place yeah yeah i mean in hindsight you kind of look back and you're like what was i doing what was <laughs> i thinking and i do feel like the book captures that well and I feel like also some of my boredom with it is is also maybe speaks to my preconceived ideas about like what's going to happen or what it's going to be like because it's it's kind of a, a, a the book is a romance still I would say only that's not something that she's interested in like she's mm-hmm. interested in the the concept of romance and she has more like a, a you know a, a quasi romance like that is friendship right you know right and i think that's all like really interesting in hindsight but while it was mm-hmm. going i kind of like wanted stuff to happen you know yeah and it, but i realized like the whole point is that it's not going to right you know? yeah yeah and it so, was very like, interesting i hadn't really way. read anything quite like that so it kind of changed the way i was thinking about it and thinking about the characters in hindsight too which again i think is a is a super valuable thing for a book to do to kind of mm-hmm. challenge you in that way yeah and i thought it did a pretty good job of introducing the concepts of asexuality yeah. and aromantic yeah and like kind of fleshing out some like here's one and here's the other yep. and you can have both or mm-hmm. you can just have one and giving some kind of different examples yeah so in terms of like the general kind of educational value i thought it did a pretty good job yeah and i think too like i a couple of times i i felt like because i was listening to this on audiobook which again changes the perception right. as well because you can kind of get through things quicker when you're reading there were segments where i was like okay we've covered this let's move on mm-hmm. you know but i feel like for the most part 
it never really felt like a PSA or something. It, it never felt like, let's stop having a narrative and I will just explain this to the reader directly. Right. Yeah. And sometimes that is the way it comes across, mm-hmm. you know, and that it just slams me out of it every time. And this, I don't think did that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I felt pretty positive about the book. Like with, you know, I think it's a, I would probably three star it. You know what I mean? Because like it was entertaining. I wasn't like, objectively bored right like while it was going on but i was just kind of like eh, okay i like heartstopper better that's fair <laughs> you know i mean you know heartstopper like it's pretty good so that's a lot to live up to and i kind of wondered too like what would this have been like as a, as a webcomic versus a novel yeah because i think some of the things in there might have played a little bit better in that format too yeah so i don't know i think it would just be fun to see as a webcomic like yeah. there's so yeah, many yeah it's not too late yeah it's not too late Wink, wink, Alice Oseman. <laughs> <laughs> She's busy. <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true. But um, like I think especially some of the scenes where there's like the way things are described, I'm like, it would be really cool to see drawings of that. Yeah. So maybe at some point we'll yeah. get some kind of a, a graphic adaptation. That would be it. cool. That would be cool. One of the things I noticed like towards the end of, of Heartstopper where she's focusing on the show and stuff and it slows down, there was a whole series of guests. Have you read these? There was, there was a bunch of guest authors doing a little like one-off Heartstopper story. I don't think I have. Okay. I don't think they're collected. I think they're just okay. on Webtoon. I'll have to dig into the Webtoon version. But then. one of the ones was written by uh, Lauren James. Lauren James, who wrote uh, The the Loneliest Girl in the Universe. Uh, we had Lauren James back on the All the Book show. We interviewed her about that book. A lot of parallels between her and Alice Hoseman, both published very young uh, and continuing to have a popularity and, and success. Uh, Loneliest Girl in the Universe, a great book. I think you'd really like that. But I just thought it was cool to see some other people kind of stepping in and, and seeing different takes on the characters mm-hmm. in there too. I feel like that was a really unique thing to do to kind of keep Heartstopper going while she'd stepped away yeah. and give you some different looks and perspectives. So I would, you know, I'd say check that out. Yeah. What else have you read by her? So I've also read Solitaire, which is her first novel. That's the one that she got the book deal yes. for when she was 17. And that is connected to Heartstopper. It is. Yeah. That is about Tori Spring, who is Charlie's sister. Yes, right. So, which I thought was really interesting because I obviously read Heartstopper first. And so I had in my mind that Nick and Charlie were the main characters yeah. and that Tori was like a secondary supporting character and a really cool one who yeah. every time she showed up, I was like, I don't know what's going on with this girl, but she's great. And then I was like, oh, there's a whole book about her. That's cool. And then I was like, wait, this one came first? Mm. What? Mm-hmm. And so I w- that's the one I read most recently. And it was really sorry, interesting. Sorry, what is that one called? Solitaire. So, yes, yeah, solitaire. solitaire. Okay. Yep. And this one has more plot going on. So okay. if that strikes your interest. Okay. All right. You know, <laughs> um, it's funny that you say, you know, th- that about Tori, because I did sort of feel like whenever she showed up, she had a lot of like weight to her. She uh-huh. felt more developed than like a character of, of with that size of role in a sh- in a um comic really should right so it's kind of funny that you know you're yeah. kind of bringing with you like a novel's worth of of, of character development and, yes. and somehow that kind of makes its way across yeah well and there's this bit and i think it's like the fourth volume of heartstopper where there's just kind of this comment about like oh yeah tori cut her hair also now she has this friend named michael holden mm-hmm. we don't really know what's going on there yeah and it just kind of keeps going and i was like what <laughs> like yeah. this is kind of a weird thing to just like yeah. pop up no, I noticed that too. It did. That's what I mean. It kind of felt like she just had stuff yeah. going on that wasn't really part yeah. of Heartstoppers. So. so Solitaire is all about Tori and how she meets her friend Michael Holden, etc. And how she gets the haircut. 
That's mentioned at the beginning. Okay. There are some details about how she gets the haircut at the beginning. Okay. If you're dying to know. Yeah. But I thought it was pretty well written. I was impressed, especially given that it was the first one and yeah. she wrote it when she was 17. Like a teenager. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Mary Shelley effect. Yeah. I was playing Captain Von Trapp when I was 17. I don't know what so. I was doing when I was 17. Yeah. I was in college making bad decisions with You were my in college roommate. at 17? Uh, I started freshman year at 17. Oh, okay. But I turned 18 shortly right. thereafter. Okay. So. All right. There you have it. Yeah. So I read that one. There are two novellas that are connected to Solitaire, which I also listened to on audiobook. There's This Winter and there's Nick and Charlie. Mm -hmm. And I thought both of those were also pretty fun. Um, Nick and Charlie takes place, I think, after the fourth Heartstopper book. Yeah. And it touches on some of the same content, but I actually kind of liked how it did some of that content more than the fourth Heartstopper book. Yeah. I felt like the fourth was a, felt a little bit like a summary in some ways. Yeah. I That was definitely my least favorite. There was, mm-hmm. uh, there was some clunkiness to it that I don't think the earlier mm-hmm. stuff had. And I think some of the reason that might be is because there's other books, like her prose books. Solitaire and the two novellas kind of happen slotted in some of those portions. Yeah. And so I think the idea is that like she didn't want to do all of the same stuff that makes sense that makes sense but so i thought those were fun to kind of fill in some of the gaps and just short quick reads that just gave really nice character moments cool so i recommend those okay good time is this an author that you think you're going to follow like is this just going to be kind of added to your list of when i think i'll definitely keep an eye yeah Yeah. when new things come out yeah yeah i like i said i i liked what i've done i'm i'm eager to see how heartstopper resolves I would definitely be more interested in like like her adapting some of her existing work to the graphic novel format mm-hmm. because I really think that's that's such a strength, you know, just yeah. the way Heartstopper moves is really impressive. So I'd love to see some more of that. We have pretty much everything here in our collection. So if you haven't read Heartstopper, you can come check it out here. And plus we have for other novels and things. And uh, a lot of them are available through Libby. If you, if you have yeah. that app, you can you can check them out that way, either uh, in print or audio. Any final thoughts on Alice Oseman? two thumbs up just two thumbs up okay well um let's see we've got lots of things coming up as we mentioned we're going to be doing the discord book club next uh, in september where we're going to be talking about she hulk date tbd right we had to we had to kind of push the thor one back so our yes. regular slot isn't going to work so we'll be putting that out on the library social media uh as well as in the library discord if you want to join the library discord you can just send us a note on facebook or twitter uh we're at twitter at all the book show you can find us here let us know we'll get we'll get you a link out oh, there yeah. but that continues to grow and it's just kind of fun like little comments and yeah. the community that's growing on the library discord so that's a yeah that's i really a, enjoy that i do too that's you can a fun see my random memes and get to know you that's questions right. lots on of the pictures library discord. lots of pictures of david so amy on there david he's got amy his own little like subsection oh yeah <laughs> so if you're only here for David A. Meow content, may I suggest the Discord. <laughs> Elsewhere on the internet, the podcast has its own YouTube channel, which is still under the All the Book Show title. And we just recently uploaded all of the past episodes of the All the Book Show. So all like 300 of those are now available to watch there. A lot of them are full videos, so you can check that out on YouTube. And we're continuing to update uh, and upload past episodes of How's Things. So that's going to be you know, the main home for all of the, the library podcast past. So if you're not following that page, go find that. We'll put it out again on social media, but that's there. And, you know, take a minute to rate and view the podcast anywhere you can. Next time around, it's going to be Star Trek Day. So we're going to be talking some Star Trek here on House Things. And we got a lot of fun things planned in the future. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of House Things. Thanks for tuning in. Allie, I think I'm going to go get some lunch. That sounds like so, a really good idea. All right. yeah. We'll see you next time, everybody. <laughs>